Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is February 7th, 2022, and our first story a state of emergency has been declared in Ottawa over the Freedom Convoy Great Honkening protest. Police are making arrests, tickets are being issued, and fuel is being seized, but it is not working. And even the mayor says, we can't stop this, and we are losing this battle. In our next story, Joe Rogan being thrown under the bus by the Spotify CEO says he condemns Joe's past comments, and that it was Joe's decision to pull these episodes. But in our last story, the CEO of Rumble has offered $100 million to Joe Rogan to switch to Rumble, where he will face no censorship. Now, if you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. Rumors are circulating, growing out of control over what's happening in Ottawa with the great honking protest. For those that aren't familiar, the Freedom Convoy of Truckers stretching nearly 50 miles has made it to the capital of Canada, where they are protesting vaccine mandates and other COVID restrictions. Now we are getting reports the Ottawa mayor has declared a state of emergency. There's already been talk of sending in the military, but the military in Canada has outright rejected this, saying we are not the police. More reports are starting to circulate that military has been seen, but this could just be hype and rumors. So until we get direct evidence, I'm going to go and say it's probably not true. We are getting other reports, however. One corporal with the Mounties, RCMP, has resigned and reportedly is now working security for the convoy. As things generally get insane, arrests are being made, police are seizing fuel, there was a hit and run, and new video is circulating showing two men enter a building where the left establishment leftists are claiming these men were trying to burn down a building because they didn't agree with the great honking protest. Lies. Lies and slander. Now, you may have seen the news last week. Go fund me shut down the fundraiser for the great honking for the Freedom Convoy, claiming some BS about violence and unlawful activity. Facebook banned the U.S. Convoy's page, their group, and banned the guy who started it, citing their rules against QAnon. Well, they can't stop it. You cannot stop the people from rising up. As much as they want to smear this group of people as far right, white supremacist or whatever, there's videos of Indian guys they're playing music and people are dancing and cheering. Doesn't look like white supremacy to me. And over at Give, Send, Go, 
They've already raised millions of dollars. I believe nearly five million dollars. So GoFundMe can try and shut it down. It's not going to work. There is an interesting post I saw where someone got a refund from their $15 donation, but it was shy of 24 cents. This means it would appear that GoFundMe is trying to keep the credit card processing fee. Now, as far as I know, you know, when we deal with refunds, you get a full refund. You give us 10 bucks. There's a processing fee for the credit cards. It costs money to the exchange. Then there is a percentage fee. So it often sucks. And then we get that money. So when you donate to TimCast.com, for instance, 10 bucks turns into like 950 or like 940 something. If we issue a refund, we issue a $10 refund. We lose that money. That's how it works. It appears that GoFundMe isn't giving people full refunds. And now they're threatening to just file chargebacks with their bank, which would result in GoFundMe getting a, a fee of between 10, maybe even $35. Now, imagine if every single person who donated filed a chargeback with their banking institution or financial institution, that would be a massive amount of damage to GoFundMe. But in response to this, we're hearing Republican leaders are going to be investigating what GoFundMe did as deceptive practices. Some people are outright saying it is fraud. My friends, the great honking is a true uprising of the people that is very similar to Occupy Wall Street. Very, very similar. And it's remarkable then that we're seeing these ridiculous videos of people protesting against the worker uprising, the regular people standing up. It's not far right. That's a lie. Now, Jesse Smollett is trending because there are people staging attacks, pretending like they're getting hit. Well, I'll tell you, there's an actual hit and run. And it's reported now by Andy No, the guy who hit this person, hit one of the Freedom Convoy protesters, is Antifa or a far left activist. I think things are getting hot, man. <clears throat> I think you need to pay attention to what's going on. Because the way the government res is responding to this, the way big tech is responding to this, there's so much being exposed in the amount of control they're trying to see take over your lives. And why? For power. We see these videos, Stacey Abrams, see this viral photo. She's in a classroom full of kids with masks on, but she's not wearing one. How about Obama? There's a photo of him with some construction workers wearing masks. He's not wearing one. And now there's another, there's, there's just, look, I don't even need to, to bring it up. There's so many videos of this, photos and videos of the people claiming everyone's got to do the right thing, but they don't because they are a special class. They think they're smarter and better than you. Do not let these people take power. Granted, they already have a lot. But let's read the story from TimCast.com about this declaration of a state of emergency. And then we'll read what's happening with police arresting the protesters, seizing fuel from people, and the counter-protest plan, the great troll of the great honking. This one gets interesting. Fake gas cans, or at the very least, empty ones. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member if you would like to support our work. As a member, you get an ad-free experience and access to exclusive members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. And for the most part, our work is funded by all of you guys. Of course, we do have some sponsorships, but we are a membership-driven website. So with your support at TimCast.com, we will do more work just like this. We will report the news. We'll stand up for freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and give you information for you to judge. We're not going to tell you what is or isn't. We're, gonna tell, we're not going to tell you what to think and the way things should be. We're going to tell you if it is or isn't, and then let you decide if you support that, TimCast.com. But also, let's give a shout out to our merchandise. 
Go to TimCast.com, go to the store, and pick up your free Honk Honk t-shirt. This shirt will support the message, and the proceeds just come help us, help us operate, run our business, hire more journalists. So I will very much stress, if you want to support the movement, make sure you're giving directly to them. If you want to support us, we have a shirt, Free Honk Honk. It's modeled after the Free Hong Kong shirt. We have stickers and hoodies as well. And the funding here goes to supporting our work. It's very, very different. And I will stress this as well. Don't buy from us. If you really want to support the movement, make sure you're going to their Give, Send, Go, which I will highlight. But if you do want to support the message while supporting our work, our merch is available at TimCast.com. Here's the story from TimCast.com. Ottawa's mayor, Jim Watson, has declared a state of emergency to handle the truckers protesting national coronavirus regulations in the capital city. The 10-day-long occupation has essentially shut down the Canadian capital since it began. Quote, this reflects the serious danger and threat to the safety and security of residents posed by the ongoing demonstrations and highlights the need for support from other jurisdictions and levels of government, Mayor Watson said in a statement. Now, this is really interesting. They've called, uh, they've, they've essentially floated the idea of the military coming in. Now you can see the mayor saying, we're going to need support from other jurisdictions. But hold on. One of the big criticisms from people who don't like the protest is the mandates are provincial. You shouldn't be in the federal capital for provincial restrictions. Well, then they shouldn't be demanding help from other jurisdictions for what is for, uh, uh, just a city matter, right? You see how the game is played. It's a double standard. The Freedom Convoy began as a protest against a vaccine mandate for cross-border truckers, making long-haul trips between both nations. However, it has morphed into a demonstration against the Canadian government regarding other coronavirus regulations. Protesters have congregated in downtown Ottawa near Parliament Hill. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has refused to directly address concerns or meet with protest organizers because, in my opinion, they are despots. They want a social credit system. They want you using QR codes for everything, and they are losing, and they know it. Outside of the cross-border vaccine mandate, the protesters' demands included ending all of Trudeau's national COVID mandates. In his statement, Watson said the capital is out of control, that the truckers were behaving insensitively by blaring horns and sirens, setting off fireworks and turning it into a party. It's strange. The videos and live streams I've seen have shown regular people from Ottawa celebrating and waving Canadian flags. Certainly not everyone agrees, and I can respect that. Now, my understanding is the truckers are trying to make sure they don't blare their horns after 10 p.m. There have still been reports of people doing it. It is what it is. You can't control a popular uprising. And that's also true of Black Lives Matter. However, I can absolutely criticize violent riots from Black Lives Matter and Antifa while saying the peaceful protests, well, so be it. They're allowed to do it. I respect them standing up for what they believe in, even if I disagree. Now, the problem arises when people peacefully protest and we agree, but then the media comes out and says, this actually reduced the spread of COVID. Oh, geez. And then they call right-wing protests super spreader events. You cannot condemn a popular uprising that is largely nonviolent and then claim it is while defending your side. I'll say that to the right. I'll say it to the left. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. 
and you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. When Black Lives Matter laid down in the streets, blocked a bridge, I said, hey, nonviolent civil disobedience, spot on, more power to you. And that was over George Floyd. When people went around setting fires and burning down police stations, I said, this is wrong and needs to stop. Peaceful protests should be supported. Now, what's going on in Canada? It's it's peaceful. Are there some violent disruptive acts? Yes, but it's a peaceful protest, nonviolent civil disobedience. And I have remained consistent on this one. I can't speak the same for everybody else, but don't come to me with that BS. And I'll say it again. Extinction Rebellion blocked the street with the boat. I said, good for them. That's the right thing. Standing up for, for what you believe in in a nonviolent way. Sure, people are annoyed by it. They say, you can't block my right to drive in the road. Well, those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. And I'll say it. They, I said it then and I'll say it now. When Black Lives Matter marches and waves their little flags, well, you know, that's, that's, all, that's all right. When they block roads, Yes, it is bad for a lot of reasons, and you arrest them for it. But we say, hey, look, it's nonviolent civil disobedience. They'll get their slap on the wrist. They'll get their charges. Now, bringing in the cops and arresting peaceful protesters, it's crossing the line. <clears throat> they want to say, police said they would increase local enforcement, including potential arrests of those aiming to help the protesters by bringing supplies like fuel, toilet paper, and food. Police said they are collecting financial, digital, vehicle registration, and other evidence used in criminal prosecutions. Convoy organizers have said they will not leave until the cross-border vaccine mandates are revoked. The convoy has relied partially on funding from international sympathizers and donors. GoFundMe has taken down their page. This we know. We have more news coming out of the Washington Post. Canadian police make arrests amid freedom convoy protests and seize fuel and vehicles. There was an interesting post. It said the truckers can't lose. If the truckers protest, they shut down the city. Loads aren't being delivered. They win. If the police start seizing trucks, then loads don't get delivered. Truckers win. If they arrest the truckers, truck, then the trucks are then frozen there, blocking the city. The truckers win. Nonviolent civil disobedience works. It has always worked. Not, not always, always, but I mean in modern history. And it's working massively now. Please understand this, everybody. Anybody who's trying to advocate for violence is trying to trick you. They are trying to trick you so they can weaponize this against you. Right now, peaceful people are going honk, honk, and all hell is breaking loose. They're freaking out. They don't know what to do. We got to arrest these people. They're extremists. Oh, geez. But all they're doing is driving trucks and honking horns. So, yes. If you block a road, you'll probably get arrested. That's nonviolence of a disobedience. And you can see the impact it's having. Now there's already discussions in Canada at the national level to remove all of the mandates 
And they're going to come out and say it's not because of the truckers. Oh, but it is. Oh, but it is. The Washington Post reports. Police are clamping down on self-described freedom convoy anti-vaccine mandate demonstrations in Canada's capital, making multiple arrests, issuing hundreds of tickets and seizing vehicles and fuel as Ottawa's mayor declared a state of emergency. Hey, hey, back the blue, right? Nah. Abolish the police. How about that? You know, I've long said it. I told you, I told the conservatives it was very obvious as soon as they started enforcing these rules against working class people by decree that it was going to get worse, and you better take what you can get while you can get it. These cops are seizing fuel from working class people. What was the response? People are posting all over the place that they plan to show up in Ottawa with empty fuel cans. That way, it's an I am Spartacus moment where the police will have no choice but to stop literally everyone to check their fuel cans, thus being unable to actually do anything about fuel cans. Now, I don't know what people should or shouldn't do, what they can or can't do. These are the rumors circulating. Washington Post says the emergency declaration was designed to give officers more flexibility to respond to the hundreds and sometimes thousands of truckers and their supporters who are gathered gathered in the streets to denounce coronavirus measures. Fireworks were shot off. Drivers blared their horns and streets remained blocked for the second weekend in a row. And Watson admitted Sunday that authorities were outnumbered and losing this battle against groups who were calling the shots. Nonviolent civil disobedience works. January 6th shows the opposite. These people who tried storming into the building through the tunnel entrance, well, they screwed themselves. They gave massive fuel to the Democrat and establishment political narrative, and they are weaponizing that against Trump, against Marjorie Taylor Greene, against Madison Cawthorn, against Steve Bannon, against Mark Meadows. But here we have but humble truckers going honk, honk. And they're saying, we're losing this. We're losing this battle because what do you do? False flags? I don't know. Even then, even then, they've tried saying there are racists here. And then the protesters throw them out. But there's a Confederate flag. And then there's videos emerging of them being thrown out. It is not working. Not even on Reddit. They can't contain the message. The narrative is broken. The establishment has lost control. Ottawa Police Service said in a statement Sunday it had launched over 60 criminal investigations amid, amid the ongoing protests, including thefts, hate crimes and property damage. At least seven arrests had been made as of 9 p.m. Sunday, local time in relation to property damage and other acts of mischief. Mischief. Oh, no. Multiple vehicles and fuels have been seized. Now, let me just stress of these arrests. You know what? Good. You know why? Good. Anybody who comes and actually causes property damage should be arrested and charged. And I'll tell you this, if it is nonviolent civil disobedience, you should be arrested and charged. That's the point. You've crossed the line. We all say, okay, it's not going to be the most egregious damage in the world, but you get your message out there. If it's people who are disrupting the cause and, and, and causing problems to smear people, then good, arrest them. People should be peaceful, nonviolent, and those who engage in nonviolent civil disobedience should be arrested. That is the price you pay for stepping one step over that line. You get your message out. You're disruptive, but you do get arrested. Now, as for the police seizing fuel and other things, I think these police, they're crossing the line. They should be saying no to this. Now, there's one officer, Corporal Bulford, I believe his name is, announcing his resignation. But let's read more here first. They say among the more than 500 tickets issued... This weekend were notices of excessive honking and seatbelt violations. Oh, hold on, hold on. 
I'm not upset with the cops over enforcing this stuff. If you are obstructing a roadway, you get a ticket. Well, they're raising funds. What should happen next is that people should organize funds to pay for the tickets and pay for the fines of those who engage in nonviolent civil disobedience. That's what the left does. Y'all can do it now as well. And the police need to maintain that line. What we don't want, people burning down buildings, smashing windows, starting fires. We don't want that. So you need to set a line and say, this is the line. And when people step one foot over it, you get a ticket. There you go. Now, there's a lot of people on the right saying, this is BS. They're issuing tickets. We got to pay for this. No, 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 no. Look, man, we as a civil society recognize there's, there's a boundary. When you cross it, you receive your punishment. Your point has been made. I agree with nonviolence of disobedience, but in order for it to work, there also has to be enforcement. They say police said it issued a warning to the public that they could be subject to charges if they were found to be supplying demonstration trucks in the red zone with fuel. That is crossing the line. That has no bearing on anyone parking or honking. That's the BS. Photos and videos shared to social media over the weekend showed protesters chanting shame at officers and confronting them. How dare you do something like this when we are fighting for you, shouted one protester. No, 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 no. That's what the left likes to say. We're fighting for you, officer. You're on the wrong side of history. Well, a lot of these cops should be ashamed of themselves in left-wing protests and in right-wing protests. Doesn't matter. But this is not people smashing windows and starting fires. So what ends up happening is the left plays the fake narrative. The protests were largely peaceful. <clears throat> yeah, I've always acknowledged that. I'm just critical of the ones that aren't. But what they'll say is, why aren't you defending the peaceful protests, Tim? They'll pull clips from my show, from my videos out of context to make it seem like we are not literally defending those peaceful protests. I love, cherish, and respect all of those leftist peaceful protesters waving their little, little American flags or whatever. Well, probably not American flags, but whatever BLM flag they want to wave in Antifa. But when they get violent, I say that's wrong. And the same is true for the people here. I defend it. Trudeau said last week that sending in the army to end the protest was not in the cards. Ottawa Police Chief Peter Slowly, under criticism for his response to the protest, has said there may not be a policing solution to this demonstration. And, and that he and other commanders were looking at every single option, including military aid. National monuments were defaced and protesters danced on the tomb of the unknown soldier in some Ottawa protests. A Canadian flag featuring a swastika was spotted during television coverage and they kicked that person out. Please. You are going to have bad actors. The same is true for BLM. We must condemn all of the bad actors. I'm not a fan of Black Lives Matter's policies, their positions. I think those are all bad and should be condemned and criticized. But you are allowed free speech and you're allowed to engage in protest. I agree more so with the workers uprising here, and I will condemn those that are acting violently. Take a look at this. Winnipeg police ID driver accused in hit and run involving protesters against pandemic restrictions. Yeah, an SUV driving through the crowd hit some dude. I think, I think they hit four people. This individual has been charged with a number of offenses, including four counts of assault with a weapon, failing to stop at the scene of an accident and dangerous operation of a vehicle causing bodily harm. The charges stem from an incident that occurred just before 10 p.m. Now here, let's, let's talk about the double standard. Let's talk about my positions here. There have been numerous instances where BLM has surrounded vehicles, banging on the cars, or even shooting people like in Provo, Utah. Some of these drivers then speed and hit people. There was one woman who was driving on the highway when people surrounded her vehicle and she sped through them hitting several. She was not charged. 
don't surround vehicles and bang on them. In this instance, this individual is a known Antifa protester who has apparently, let's just say, made some uh, um, insinuations in the past that calls this into question. As for this vehicle, nobody was surrounding the SUV and banging on it. Nobody was screaming at it. And there's been no instances of right-wing groups shooting anybody. There's no reason for someone driving this car to be scared unless they thought they were surrounded by Antifa. This was wrong. The person should be charged. That's not a double standard. The left has one standard. If it supports the left, it's good. If it doesn't, it's bad. That is not a double standard either. A lot of people said it's a double standard. You say, no, 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 we get it. We get what their standard is. Condemn right-wing protests, support left-wing protests. Right-wing protests are super spreader events. Left-wing protests, they, they, they slow the spread of COVID. Well, their one standard is if it supports the left, it's fine. If it supports the right, it's bad. I'll tell you this. This group of people are not rioters. They've not rioted. So hitting them, attacking them makes no sense. There's no context for this. Again, unless you thought they were Antifa. Now we have this is a very interesting story from the National Post. They say until recently, Danny Bulford was a corporal with the RCMP. He said he resigned because the force's requirement for members to be vaccinated. He also said in a statement that he looked at the Constitution and he looked at what the law allowed and he found that very much so the Constitution, the Canadian law had been violated. And so he decided after about 15 years, he was resigning. When he says his past job in speeches, it provokes laughter from the audience and a wry smile. The irony is not lost on me and probably not lost on him either, referring to Trudeau. He used to work. He worked eight years personal protection detail for Trudeau. Here we have from the National Post. The military is refusing to intervene. Military tells Ottawa to find someone else to evict the truckers. The liberals are trying to censor the Internet again, says, says the National Post. But let me jump over to give send go. To show you, you can't keep them down. Now, some, pe some people have been concerned that Give, Send, Go is on Amazon Web Services. Some are concerned that it's using financial infrastructure that can be taken down. But here we are. At, since I pulled this page up, we can see $4.5 million have been raised for the Freedom Convoy 2022 out of a goal of $16 million. Hopefully, this can be used to pay legal fees, tickets and fines, etc., I'm now going to refresh it and see where we're at, assuming the page still works. It is now up to $4.9 million. As I stated early on, if you want to support our work, you can become a member at TimCast.com and buy our free Honk Honk merch. We also have some shirts say, go truck yourself. That, though, that merch supports the message and the finances support our work. But I want to make sure it's very, very clear to everybody. If you want to support the Freedom Convoy directly, GiveSendGo.com slash Freedom Convoy 2022 is where people are donating. The merch we sell is just to help fund our operation, hire more journalists, get more people on the ground. And also, I'll give a shout out to Viva Fry and Portland Andy, two people that have been uh, live streaming. I'm not familiar, as I've said, with Portland Andy, but Viva Fry, good guy. We've had him on the show. Consider him a friend of the show. He's an awesome dude. And he's been on the ground providing real live stream coverage. Good for him, man. So those are the people you should be supporting. Absolutely. We do humbly request your support in our work as well. But if your focus is the cause, make sure you're funding that cause directly. But let's talk about GoFundMe. GoFundMe took down the, uh, 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 the trucker convoy. Take a look at this. From Defiant Els, Kar Karima Rules tweeted on February 2nd, 
Doesn't look like things are going well for the convoys GoFundMe money. That's a shame. Two days later, just two days later, this is one of the hardest and most painful threads I've ever written. I got screwed by GoFundMe. My gonzo journalism of Ottawa occupation was arbitrarily deemed prohibited conduct. If you prefer to support my work, please send an e-transfer. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Now, I don't know if this individual is left or right or whatever. Doesn't look like things are going well for the convoys GoFundMe money. Ah, but this person put anti-vaxxers. They're not. They're against the mandate. Seems like this person was mocking them getting their money pulled and then had their money pulled. Well, that's too bad. But you reap what you sow. Now, check this out from Conservative Review, Blaze Media. Republican leaders commit to investigating GoFundMe because the company took down Freedom Convoy's money. Prominent GOP officials throughout the country are committed to investigating actions taken by GoFundMe in dissolving the fundraiser for Canadian truckers in the Freedom Convoy and refusing to distribute funds raised on their behalf. The widely popular fundraiser generated several million dollars. Yeah, about eight million. Newsweek reported the fundraising effort raised $10 million Canadian, around $7.9 million, and $1 million had already been distributed to the organizers of the Freedom Convoy. They said GoFundMe initially announced on Friday it would refund contributions to anyone who applied and remaining funds would be distributed to charities chosen by the Freedom Convoy organizers and verified by the crowdfunding site. Basically taking money from people who didn't know was going to be diverted. Now, my understanding is this is in GoFundMe's terms. And this has been pointed out before. GoFundMe basically says if you give money and it, for whatever reason is not going to be dispersed, they choose where it goes. Stop using GoFundMe. I hate to say it. I saw a fundraiser for somebody who was severely injured and uh, a skateboarder. And I was like, I really would like to give this person some some cash to help their family, but not through GoFundMe. Sorry, I, I'm not. I'm, I, I refuse. You want to raise money for someone? Use Give, Send, Go. I know they say that they're a Christian fundraising platform. They ain't going to stop you from fundraising for, for your medical issue. But look at GoFundMe. It's political. Many people have pointed out the fears of a cashless society. We're there already. The government will take your money without having to do anything. No search warrants, no executions, nothing. If you have cash, if you have coins, cash, gold, physical, whatever, you put it in a box, you hide it under your mattress. If they want it, they need a search warrant. Then they got to find it. In a cashless society, it's right there. They get a warrant to freeze your funds just like that. Cryptocurrency pulls you from that system. There's nothing they can do about that. They might know you have it. They might demand. But like with John uh, McAfee, they kept saying, like, where's the Bitcoin? He's like, I don't have any. And they were like, we know you do. And he's like, no, I don't. And how do you prove it? They can try. They can try. Crypto pulls you out of this stuff. Let's throw it over to Politico. Ottawa truckers convoy galvanizes far right worldwide. Please. You are losing the far right. 
Those Indian dudes dancing, someone said Punjabi su- uh, supremacy or whatever as a joke, please, far right. But I'll tell you this, my friends, left, right, completely meaningless. The battle for control is here. The culture war is over. There is no culture war anymore. The culture war. This was back when we were arguing over whether or not certain movies should say certain things or whatever. Now, the culture war ended. Now, both sides have solidified in their worldviews. To a great degree, there's no changing. And they're saying, this is the worldview or that is the worldview. And now, they're fighting for political power. The culture war was 10 years ago, my friends. Now, it is political conflict, weaponizing the military, the police, positions of government and authority to go after your opponents. The FBI goes after January 6th. They ignore BLM for the most part. This is not a culture war anymore. It is a fight for political power between two parent factions that that contain many different groups all fighting with each other. And perhaps the culture war was when we were trying to, uh, you know, it was it was the building ranks portion. People were, were rallying people to their cause. We're beyond that. There's no rallying anymore. Either you're you're the authoritarian feigning getting hit by the truck or you're the crackpot psychopath hitting someone with a truck with with an RV. I'm, I'm sorry, with an SUV. This is where we're at now. Jussie Smollett is trending because there's a video of a guy standing in front of a truck and then slipping and falling and acting like he got hit. And there are people making crazy claims about what's going on. Let me show you this tweet. Justin Ling tweets surveillance footage of two individuals entering a downtown Ottawa apartment building and setting a fire. And everyone's saying it's the Freedom Convoy protesters with no evidence. None. We don't know who it is or why. And these people, if they broke in, don't know who they are. Maybe they're they're allowed to be there. If they broke in, they should be arrested. Now, apparently they set a fire. If they set a fire, they should be arrested. Don't know who they are. Don't care who they are. If there's a crime committed, lock them up. But of course, I've already seen many left-wing activists and journalists claiming the convoy protesters are breaking into buildings and setting fires without evidence. Because that's all they have is lies. That's what they do. They lie. But you know what? Honest people who believe in freedom, life, and liberty don't fall for your bullish anymore. They don't fall for it. That's why I think it's so dumb. You know, all the stuff going on with Joe Rogan and whatever. It's like, dude... How many people are left who don't know what's going on? I get hit up by pro skateboarders all the time. Pro skateboarders. You, and these are, these, are the, these are the as apolitical as you can get. And they're like, what's going on is freaking me out. They get it because they listen to Joe. And that's why the left is so freaked out over all of this. You can't stop it. The police can't stop it. The military can't stop it. It's regular people standing up and saying, shut your mouth. And the only thing you can do is say, yes, sir. The honking stops when freedom improves. If you want the honking to stop, just comply. They told us that. You want your freedom back? Just comply. I said no, and I moved. The great honking said, no, you comply. And now the mayor's like, there's nothing we can do to stop this. It's too bad, isn't it? As always, my friends, you want to remain remain peaceful, lawful, protest, do it right. And make sure you're respecting people and property. You don't want to cause problems. You don't want to destroy people's lives. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. 
and I'll see you all then. The CEO of Spotify has condemned Joe Rogan's use of the N-word, but still refuses to deplatform. Let me just make something very clear for all of you. Joe Rogan, as far as I know, and uh, as far as I can tell from any of these videos, has never used the N-word. No, but he did say it. A video went viral, sort of, showing Joe Rogan saying the N-word in many different circumstances. The context of this was that he was typically either referencing the use of the word or citing the names of things. He was never actually calling anybody the N-word. But in today's day and age, there's literally no context, no circumstance in which you can tell anybody what that word is. Now, this is a big mistake and a big problem. Joe should not have apologized. The CEO has now come out and said that Joe is the one who removed 71 episodes of his podcast from Spotify. And Spotify didn't do it. This is a huge error. It's a huge error. And a lot of people thought Joe could not be canceled. But here he is. I want to say a few things before we get started. Joe is one of the biggest media personalities in the world. Quite possibly as the most prominent and influential cultural and political talk show on the planet. I'm eternally grateful to Joe Rogan for hosting me four times and giving me the opportunity he did. And I think Joe's a remarkably good dude. That's why it's sad to see this. And I'm bummed to see that he's made such missteps. Now, I know a lot of people will comment and be like, why don't you just, you know, tell him these things? There are people saying like anybody who's in Joe's circle should be talking to him. Look, I don't talk to Joe all that often. We're not best friends or anything like that. Uh, I consider him a friend, but insofar as like texting about news, maybe once in a blue moon. And he said me on the show a few times. I want to say, too, I I feel bad having to talk about this because I am eternally grateful to the guy for for having me on his show and helping me. I mean, he really did. Having me on his show was it was was great for me. It really, really was. And I I hate to see someone in this position. And as I look there and, and, and I'll add this to there are people who make videos about me who have big channels or channels that are even bigger than mine. And I'm just like, why are you why are you talking about me, dude? Like, I'm not I'm not Joe Rogan. And it really is funny to see people I know making videos about me and not talking to me about it. But as much as you know, I've thought about that, how I feel when people do it, there's that challenge that comes back to, you know, look, this is, one, this is probably one of the biggest stories in, our, in, our, in cultural politics. I'm just going to come out and say it to everybody who's, uh, uh, who cares. The, the cultural left has won a tremendous, tremendous victory in this. Not only have they gotten several episodes of Joe Rogan's podcast removed, many anti-establishment uh, episodes, even, even leftist ones, Joe has been canceled. Now, he's not like outright removed. He's not banned. But I believe effectively this is going to be a dramatic shift for the Joe Rogan experience. His show will still likely be prominent, but Joe has already seeded several cultural points. And that's and that and that's just that that's a reality. Moving forward, I think it's fair to assume this will deeply affect how Joe does his show and the things he says. And we're all getting, you know, basically sucked into this black hole of ideological leftism. Everybody is, right? Joe was the tip of the spear, basically. He was he was at the forefront of saying, screw you, you can't cancel me, I can do what I want. But this is uh look. The apology was uh, Joe. So, all right, let's let's slow down a little bit. Joe issued an apology over the weekend, and uh, Saturday morning is when I saw it. We're all hanging out here. Luke was was still here. Uh, Luke Rutkowski of We Are Changed. 
And he's like, let's play the video. And our jaws hit the floor when we heard this. Here's what you need to understand. The news is now coming out saying Joe used the N-word over and over again. They have changed the narrative. This is why you don't apologize. But Joe wanted to. And I think it's because Joe still holds on to a hope of some kind of social cohesion. You know, I think it's fair to say that, um, you know what, I'll I'll quote a, a journalism professor who told me this 10 years ago. I have the unfortunate privilege of being ahead of the market. And I think most of us probably do in terms of politics. I think Joe still doesn't understand a lot of what's going on. But maybe that's not true. Maybe that's not true. You know, Bill Maher recently came out and started saying everything that we've been saying for the past year and a half, criticizing schools and lockdowns. And it's like, why so late to the, to the, to the party, Bill? Like, you know, respect for coming out and pointing out the absurdities of what's going on and speaking out against the woke left. But anyway, let's get back to the apology video. I'll tell you why you don't apologize. You don't apologize because they'll shift the context. You'll reignite the story. You'll pour fuel on the fire and you will justify what everyone said. So Joe comes out and talks about a video that has been around for years, okay? As Joe has been doing his, his show for, what, like 12 years now, 13 years almost, there's, there have been several instances where he's used off-color language. But Joe never called anybody the N-word. He referenced it. In, like, I think there's like a Richard Pryor comedy special. He was also saying this word, that word. But they've cut it all out of context so that it just, it's just him saying the word over and over again. Now, the worst part still, I think it was a decade ago, Joe told a story about going to see the film Planet of the Apes, and he made a very disparaging joke in reference to, you know, being in a black neighborhood. Joe directly addressed this in his apology video. And what's happened now is this video was going viral among a very, very small sect of prominent individuals. That's it. They were smearing him with it, but this is what they do. They do it to me. They do it to Crowder. They do it to Jimmy Dore. They do it to Dave Rubin. And I've even had, get this, I've had people who are politically homeless, who are libertarian, say to me, did you see that video of what Dave Rubin said? And I was like, why? What did Dave Rubin say? And they're like, he was making some comments about the Constitution or whatever. And I was like, yeah, where'd you see that video? And they're like, some some compilation Twitter account. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? You believe that stuff unless you watched it from his show. Don't come to me with that. I was like, come on. They clip this stuff out of context all day, every day. And even you're falling for this. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, good point. I was like, dude, everybody says dumb things. Everybody makes mistakes. Pencils have erasers. It's it's a big industry, actually, the eraser industry, because we make mistakes. But don't come to me because some uh, some out of context clip is going around. Oh, please. And then and then to act like a clip from two years ago is, is representative of a person's current, you know, talking point show or ideas. But what Joe did was he legitimized a years old video. What this did was it gave a major PR boost to left-wing super PACs, establishment woke super PACs, who are now touting their victory, getting mass media attention. And Joe put the story on the lap of the New York Times, The Guardian, CNN. Okay, let's slow down for a minute. People have said, you know, so on Joe Rogan's uh, uh, subreddit, which I do browse, they were some, they posted my comment where I said, this is going to this is terrible PR. Joe should not have done this. They're going to double down. And there are all these comments are like Tim Pool's an idiot. It was mixed. Honestly, there's a bunch of people saying Tim's right. Joe shouldn't have done this. And then a bunch of people saying Tim's a moron. Don't listen to him. 
I don't care for comments that just insult me. You're allowed to do that. It doesn't really add to the conversation. But of the ones that said I was wrong and Joe should apologize if he feels like he should, let me point, let me, let me address that. What was the purpose of apologizing for doing nothing wrong? Now, if Joe wanted to apologize over his Planet of the Apes story, I totally get that one. That story was a bad story. It was, it was, it was, it was wrong 10 years ago and it was wrong now. The problem is, I don't know what Joe hoped to accomplish by apologizing for this stuff other than to try and make himself feel better. The people who are calling for his figurative head don't care, don't watch his show, and went, yes, the moment he made that video. Because now what they're saying is, Joe Rogan has admitted it, he's confessed, we were right. And now the rap and Yahoo are publishing a story saying, Joe used the N-word. Well, now there are regular people who don't know what's going on are hearing the story about how Joe Rogan is just another, you know, Michael Richards, another another N-word guy. Joe didn't use it. He referenced it. But this is the world that we're in. You cannot even use the word in a, in a descriptive manner. And there's an issue there. You know why? We had a conversation about this uh, and, and, and gloriously proved my point, by the way, what happened with the left backlash. We had a conversation about this on Timcast IRL in the members only segment for obvious reasons. And we were talking about a documentary about James Baldwin, an, an amazing civil rights icon. And the name of this documentary uses a version of the N-word that I can't say on YouTube. That, that's quite literally true. Uh, there are several different versions of the N-word. I can't tell you what they are. The point we were making is that there are there's 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 version there's there's uh, what they call the hard R, which is considered extremely offensive. There's the A, but then there's the O. Now you'll have to figure out what those words are because I'm not allowed to describe them to you uh, as per cultural enforcement. So I often say cultural enforcement is substantially more important than more powerful than legal enforcement. Legally, I can say whatever I want, but culturally. You know, they'll come after me. They'll get these episodes pulled. This, this video likely wouldn't even exist and you wouldn't be able to hear it. So we're trying to cut through the minefield to be able to describe things to you and explain to you what's going on. Rogan's use of the N-word. Which one? Obviously, they're referring to in this circumstance, hard R, they call it. On our show, we were talking about referencing documentaries, referencing use of the word critically, saying why, why you shouldn't be calling people that word. But we couldn't even say what the word was. Not only that, there is another totally uh, separate context, which you can't say due to cultural enforcement, YouTube's algorithm, but I will say it because this one holds less weight and it's Nazi. So when we've had conversations on YouTube, you say Nazi and YouTube flags you. It literally does. It, it deranks, demonetizes you. But that word starts with N as well. How do you describe it? World War II Germans, I guess. You see the problem with banning descriptive use of words? Joe agreed with this idea that you could use a word to describe it so that people understood what you were talking about. Now, in his apology, he says, I see that I was wrong about that. No, Joe, you weren't wrong. It's just that culturally, there is, there is a boot on people's necks in, ter in, 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 in the, uh, uh, terms of describing things. Now, of course, what the left did is they say, Tim Pool defends use of the word. They lie about it. Well, I don't care what they think, and I don't care what they say. In our members-only video, the backlash was hilarious. Ian freaks out saying he wants to say the word, 
and people take it and they use the fact that they've got the boot on your neck so you can't even talk about James Baldwin and then accuse you of trying to say an egregious racial slur, which is not the case. And that's likely what they'll do with this video. Fortunately for me, I don't care as much as Joe cares. I don't know why Joe cares. I guess The Rock, uh, you know, people were sending this video around. The Rock criticized him. Some other indie artists, uh, some other, uh, other people were, were jumping on this. It was, a, it was a huge mistake. I mean, there's, there's, there, there's, a, there's a, a lot going on here. The, the one thing I can add in this new story is that the Spotify CEO has outright said it was Joe who removed the episodes, saying, I strongly condemn what Joe has said, and I agree with his decision to remove past episodes from our platform. His decision. He also goes on to mention that thanks in part due to the shock and outrage, they will make a $100 million investment for the licensing, developing, and marketing of music, artists, and songwriters, and audio content for historically marginalized groups. I'm actually fine with that to a certain degree. He goes on to say, he makes a good point. I believe more speech on issues can be highly effective in improving the status quo. That is um, inherently correct. It is true. If they're going to be giving $100 million to, 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 to license Rogan's podcast, they should be licensing a plethora of content. The issue is Joe is the only counterculture anti-establishment podcast for the most part that receives any kind of large funding and has mainstream pull. What's going to happen now is Joe has deleted around 70 episodes. He's deleted them. So while Joe's podcast is diminished, this obviously has already had an impact on the kind of content he'll be hosting. They're now going to be giving $100 million to pro-establishment woke content. There you go. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The uncancelable Joe Rogan has taken a step down, has been smacked down. And, you know, it was a mistake. It was a huge mistake. It reminds me of Iron Man 2. Oh, I love the cultural references, don't you? When uh, Ivan Vanko is in the jail cell in Monaco talking to Tony Stark. Oh, trust me, you're going to want to, you know, there's probably people rolling their eyes at my Marvel references. I don't care. I like it. And he says, you know, Tony Stark says, you know, you, you've lost. You're in jail. You couldn't stop me. And then Vanko says, really? I've made God bleed. I, and when the blood is in the water, the sharks will come. It's true. That's that's a it's 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 interesting writing. It's a good point. Not that I think there's an actually Ivan Vanka who made that point. No, the writers made the point that they've cracked the iron armor that is Joe Rogan. He's apologized. He's announced he will change. They got him. Andrew Schultz, I believe it was Andrew Schultz who came out, comedian, who said, "Next stop, it's gonna it's it starts with uh, it started with misinformation. That didn't work. Next up, racism. Boom, they got him." Next up is homophobia. Next up is transphobia. And you know they got him on all that. If Joe is buckling under the pressure, it's only a matter of time. That being said, yo, Joe's a good dude. He's a really good dude. He's, a, he's, a, he's in fact one of, the, one of the best dudes I've ever met. He's had me on his show. This is, this is amazing. The, the amount of gratitude I have for this guy. All right. He's had me on his show four times. The first time was huge for me. It really boosted me on YouTube. I had 180,000 subs on one channel. I only had 100,000 subs on this channel. 
I go on Joe's show the first time and all of a sudden I've got like 300, 400 subs, 100,000 subs on my main channel and like 250 on this channel. I was like, man, this is, this is crazy. People are subscribing to me. It really did help me out. Joe had me on again with Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter. And I'm like, here I am. I'm like, I was, I was like, Joe, are you sure about this? Like, I don't, he's like, you're a smart dude. You can handle it. All of a sudden now I had 600,000 subs. And I told him, and I was like, dude, thank you so much for the opportunity. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, it's all you, dude. You know, he's like, you're a smart guy. You, you, you know what you're talking about. You know, you came on, you did your thing and it was all you. And I'm, yeah, but let's be real. Joe built this thing up over a decade. And then he has me on his show and he has me on again. And he has me on again. I got sick with COVID and I was really, really bad. And it got so bad, got so bad that I didn't know what to do. I had called the hospital and they had told me, have a nice day. You're on your own. But it was so bad that I was like, you know, I know Joe got this treatment. I really, I really got to ask him what's up. Maybe, maybe he can tell me something that, they're, you know, he can direct, he can give me some direction or something. I called the dude. The dude covered the cost of treatment, just not, for, not just for me, but for our crew. And he said, you know, thanks for, for, for coming on the show. And I'm like, yo, man, it's one of the, the nicest things anyone's ever done for me. This is expensive stuff. And I am eternally grateful for, for, for Joe. I don't talk to him all the time. I don't hang out with him. You know, we text. He comes on my show and we're in November, the day before I go on his. It's one of the biggest podcasts we've ever done. Joe, man, to, to, I'm, I'm, you're a good guy. You, you're so important to, in standing up for freedom. I hate to see them do this to you. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying any of this. I'm not trying to, to come down uh, on Joe or, or seem ungrateful or anything like that. It's, 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 it, it annoys me, genuinely annoys me that, you know, I have to talk about this. I really, you know what, man, I, I, I never wanted to be in any kind of position where people view me as being above any other platform. But here I am with a million subs on three different channels with a show that gets, you know, a million, you know, downloads or views or whatever. And I guess, I guess there, you know. I have, a, I have a platform that is, you know, somewhat influential and I, I, I hate to be in this position. I, 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 I somewhat long for the day of just being that dude, just talking about what I think, sitting in my living room with a big TV on, like playing World of Warcraft and then just making a video being like, here's what I think about stuff, but it's just growing. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I think Joe feels the same way. And this is why I think Joe ultimately apologized for this. He was saying this. He never, he just want to talk to his friends and hang out. And here he is now, some like massive titan of industry with the biggest show in the world. And what do you do? You know, I, I certainly think Joe's Planet of the Apes story was, was really bad. It's really bad. But anyone who knows Joe and anybody who's trying to have a good faith conversation knows that's not who he is. And we say dumb things. And he probably was like, I can't believe I said that, man. That was so stupid of me. What was I thinking? He apologized for it. The reason why I say he shouldn't have is not because, like, I think people should apologize when there's a legitimate reason to do so. I'll give you an example. I snarked at Andy No after he got beat up by Antifa. Because I was like, to be honest, I was in kind of a bad mood. I'm on Twitter and I see this and I'm like, dude, I'm just, come on. And I snarked at him. I apologize for that. Why? I stand by my criticism. Andy No going out when he's such a prominent, important figure in covering far left extremism and risking his life to cover a local protest, I thought was a bad idea. Probably should not have been snide and snarky and condescending. That didn't help at all. And for that, I was like, I, sh I, I should chill out. That's my fault. 
Joe wanting to apologize for something when people legitimately are, are uh, you know, asking him to would be a good thing. But this is them trying to crack Iron Man's armor. This is them trying to find a way to steal power, to gain a foothold in the culture war. So ultimately, look, I'll, I'll, I'll say this too. Some people have told me not to criticize Joe outright. Not even kidding. Some people have said, ah, I don't know, I don't want to say anything, man. And I'm like, why? Look, I don't think anybody gets a free pass. I stand by my principles. Just, you know, I, I would be a hypocrite if I said, listen, guys, Joe's been a really good, good friend to me. He's really helped me out. He's helped my career. Therefore, I'm not going to comment on things that I think he's doing that may be wrong, that have a huge impact on society. I think that's hypocritical. And I can certainly point out a conflict of interest in that, you know, I owe so much to this guy. Now, truth be told, I'm not going to sit here and claim, you know, Joe's done, like, made my career or anything like that. He certainly boosted it for sure to a great degree. He's helped me survive. That's true. I I'll give credit to myself and, the and, and my team and the people I work with and all of you. Like, this has been the process of years of a decade of hard work, same as it is for Joe. But look, man, I'm not going to ignore a big, big story because I know the person, right? And I wouldn't expect that of, of anybody else who makes videos about me to be like, I know Tim. I don't want to comment on this. There are a lot of people who uh, make comments like people are scared to criticize Tim because he's a big platform and they want to go on his show. And I'm like, I don't respect that. I literally do not respect that. People who criticize me, I invite on the show 100%. You may remember when we had the Rugged Man on the show. That was intense. My view is, look, if I think someone's got a good, a, 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 uh, has got things to say that, that matter, that need to be heard or challenged or, you know, for whatever, they, they're invited on the show, even if they're critics. There has to be some relevance to it. But I don't like the idea that there would be someone who's like going to defend me or hot, refrain from criticizing me because they want to come on the show. It may be true. There's a lot of people who say things like, whoa, this guy's never coming back on the show after I get into an argument. They're like, whoa, Tim's never going to invite him back. Yo, after we had Rugged Man on, that's the guy who stood up and smacked the mic. I said, bro, if you ever want to come back, absolutely. Like, I don't hold it against you. We got heated, man. I don't think he'll want to come back. But, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, it's plausible. I don't think it's, I don't think it's not, that's not the right word. I don't think it's meaningful. I don't think it's beneficiary to be like, this person's mean to me, so they can't come on the show. There are some people who I think don't add to the conversation and detract from it. Uh, those people aren't going to get invited. And then some people might be like, oh, it's because he criticized him. No, it's because he has no good ideas or she has no good ideas. That being said, there are a lot of people who are, who are mad at me because I'm calling it like I see it. When Joe Rogan, look at this, look. When Joe has been repeatedly calling out the vaccine mandates, and then he performed at the Madison Square Garden with a vaccine mandate. I said, I thought that was wrong. To be fair, they, they uh, enacted the mandate after he had already sold the tickets and already had the contracts, and he could be liable for a ton of damages over this. And I thought to myself, though, I'm like, what's it worth? I think, I think Joe's, um, he posted something about performing at Madison Square Garden, I think, about like dreams coming true or something like that. I wonder if it's just always been a dream of his to be the, the spotlight there at Madison Square Garden, something he wanted to accomplish, he didn't want to walk away from. And so, you know, I get it. 
I wonder if it's just he, he could not, the, the punitive damages from violating a contract across the board would have just, just would have destroyed him. He had no choice. But I, but, and so I'll say all of those things. I'll say, I don't think Joe should have performed. Maybe he was locked in. He then later said, I'm pretty sure he said he won't do it ever again. They sprung it on him at the last minute. He was like, I'm not going to perform shows with, with these mandates and stuff like that. But I'll say it. I'm not going to just ignore uh, um, prominent stories from prominent people because I know them. No matter who they are. No matter who they are. If they're relevant. Like, I don't like the idea of punching down because I feel like, you know, a smaller creator, smaller channels, is it, you know, if they're not big, prominent creators with big, you know, with a large voice in the, in, in the public space, what's the point of me criticizing someone that doesn't have that big of an impact? Joe has the biggest. He has the biggest. And this is not just about Joe. It's about, it's about everything. It's about the culture war. And uh, it's about where we go from here. So, man, I've got, I've got more than, I, I could probably talk for about an hour on all of this. I have a bunch of stories. I'll just say, PR 101, don't pour fuel on a fire. No, I'm not, I, I, it's true. Absolutely true. I've told you many stories about my time at Vice and other companies. Do not pour fuel on a fire. Joe did. Maybe it's because Joe really does have the FU money. You know, people need to understand this. They're saying things like, I thought Joe had FU money and I was apologizing. It's like, yeah, maybe it's because he doesn't care about you and he wants to apologize to people, right? The reason why I say he shouldn't apologize is because these people don't actually want his apology. They just want him to bow. They just want to prove he's bad. They want, they want weapons. They want power. They want political weapons. Joe apologizing isn't actually him apologizing to anybody. If I, you know, bumped into you, I'd apologize. I'd be like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I should watch where I'm going. But these people bumped into Joe and then Demanity apologized. And Joe said, I'm sorry about that. You see, sometimes when some, someone bumps into you and says, yo, you bumped into, you bumped into me. You want to avoid the fight. You say, yo, I'm, I'm sorry about that. But what happens when the person walks up to you, shoves you and says, apologize for bumping into me? And you go, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry for bumping into you. Do you think the people who just aggressed upon you are going to be like, I'm satisfied? No, they're going to be like, dude, just admit it. He bumped into me. You got a problem, dude. And they're going to get in your face because they want to get in your face. It's tough. You know, I'm at the point in my life, in my career, where I'll say, what is, what is, what is FU money? What does it really mean? For a lot of people, they're talking about Joe Rogan's $100 million Spotify deal saying that's FU money. And I'm like, yeah, maybe for Joe. For me, it's substantially less. Like seriously, substantially less. Let me explain some. If you had, what does FU money mean? FU money to me means I can buy food every day and have a roof over my head. That's about it. I mean, it'd be nice to have healthcare. So FU money could be like, I don't know, 100 grand a year. It's like, well, I've got health insurance. Uh, I'm eating food. This vacation, I got new clothes, I got a place to live. I'm set. What am I worried about? I don't need a boat. I don't need 100 acres of prime real estate with an airstrip or anything crazy like that. FU money? Of course, you know, you want to live off that for the rest of your life. But if you had a couple hundred grand that you could start your own business with outside of all of this, FU money to me would be like, I'm going to open a restaurant or a franchise and then just make a modest middle-class living. Then you can't touch me. Yo, my sandwich shop has nothing to do with my political career. You want to cancel me? I'm still selling sandwiches to the neighborhood. 
and I'm still running my business and I get to live my life. And a humble life, to me, that's a few money. So I wonder, man, <clears throat> I wonder about where that is for everybody else. For Joe, I don't know. Maybe he's there. Maybe he really does have it, but there's a lot of people who feel like they don't. So maybe he's apologizing because he's really, he, re he really is scared about his show getting taken down. Apparently, he's the one who took the episodes down in the first place. I don't know what he's worried about. I really don't. Regular people, here, here's, here's my final thoughts because I don't want to go too long. Regular people who like Joe like Joe. They know his show. They know the things he says. He doesn't need to apologize to any of these people. The left, they don't watch his show. Why apologize to them? There's a comic. It shows a crowd of people, the stick figures. And there's a guy with a bullhorn and he says, I've made Thing. And everyone goes, yay, we love Thing. We want to buy Thing. Someone behind him says, Thing is racist. I don't like Thing. And the guy says, okay, okay, I've changed Thing quite a bit. Then the crowd says, we don't like this new thing you've done. We won't buy it. So the guy with the microphone turns to the complainer and says, would you like to buy Thing? And they said, I was never going to buy Thing in the first place. You get the point. The people complaining about Joe don't watch Joe, period. So who is Joe apologizing to? The people who hate him? Why? I just, I don't get it. I'm not going to apologize to people who hate me. Why? They don't like what I do anyway. I tried to be nice. I'll try to be reasonable. But if we have a fundamental disagreement on the world, then what do you want me to say? I'm sorry for disagreeing with you. No, I'm not sorry for disagreeing with you. I'll do what I want and say what I want. Screw you. You disagree with me? You think Antifa is good burning down buildings? I'm never going to agree with you. And I'm not going to apologize for calling them out as crackpot psychopaths. I'm not going to apologize for saying Black Lives Matter is an evil organization. Hands down. They're, they're now being accused of defrauding people, scamming out their donations. I'm never going to apologize for criticizing the politicians I do. And you know what? To be honest, it's probably why my show will never be as big as Joe Rogan. But that's fine. I don't know. Maybe this is why Joe Rogan does have the biggest show in the world. In which case, he knows better than I do. You know my opinion on it. You know, I'm still going to listen to Joe's show. But I want to say one last thing. A lot of people just feel, have, have been expressing to me, they think this will strike a major turning point in his show. He's going to be very, very careful from this point forward. He's probably already made several changes. So it is what it is. Look, I think Joe's an incredible person. He's a good guy. I, I hate to say neg any negative thing about the guy or, or to be critical, but you know, you got to be critical when you got to be critical and you got to be honest when you got to be honest. And I can still say, you know, I don't think Joe is the kind of guy who's going to cry over the fact that I've been somewhat critical. Even after I criticized him, you know, to a certain degree over the Madison Square Garden thing, he invited he invites me on the show. Although a lot of people pointed out I did not mention on his show that I criticized him, I think for two reasons, it didn't really come up. Like I didn't, I didn't want to, it felt weird. Like I'm not going to just jam in the conversation, by the way, you know, I'm mad at you about that or something like that. It just didn't come out. But also he had already explained. And so I'm like, look, if there are people who do bad things, I'll have no problem being like, you've never addressed bad thing. When Joe literally does, then I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm not here to, 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 you know, beat a dead horse or anything like that. Uh, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. In a shocking twist, Rumble, the new video platform that is set to earn about $400 million from a SPAC deal, 
has offered Joe Rogan a $100 million contract to move his show from Spotify over onto Rumble. However, this deal from Rumble is a four-year deal, which means Rogan would get $25 million per year over four years. I don't know if it's a good deal, to be completely honest, but Rumble certainly seems to have the money because they have powerful institutional investors and are set to earn about $400 million from this other deal. I don't know how long Joe Rogan's deal is with Spotify. It was only reported by numerous outlets as a $100 million deal over a multi-year contract. My personal experience with these big contracts is probably... I have to wager they went for between two and three years. Typically, that's what these big companies try and get. And Spotify probably tried to get three. But here's the deal, man. Joe Rogan is the biggest. I don't think I don't think this is a good deal for him. And you got to wonder about this, too, because what Rumble's basically saying is no censorship here. Come on over. But Joe Rogan apparently removed the episodes by choice. The 71 that got deleted. So I'm not entirely sure Joe cares. In fact, there's a viral clip going around where Joe is smoking a cigar with somebody and he's like, look, there's there's a bunch of episodes Spotify didn't want on the platform. I don't care. I don't think Joe does care. I think Joe's just trying to do Joe. And I think Joe wants to talk about what he wants to talk about. But we've got some interesting new updates as well. A tweet from Kyle Kalinske. He's a lefty. And he had his episode, I think maybe even, uh, maybe even more than one, taken down. And he explains, there's no slurs in this episode, but there is criticism of Saudi Arabia. And Spotify recently expanded their market into Saudi Arabia. We also have, now this is the more shocking tweet. Adam Kokesh tweeted that Joe reached out to him apologizing for taking down the first episode they did when they were porting over to Spotify. Kokesh claims Rogan said it was because there was too much misinformation in it and said, I'd have you on tomorrow if I could, but Spotify won't let me. I don't know if I believe that. I got to be completely honest. I, I don't know Adam Kokesh to be a liar. And, you know, when I saw that tweet, I'm like, that is a very, very bold claim that Joe's outright like Spotify's not going to let me do this. That doesn't, that doesn't, that, I don't know if I believe it. Sorry, because I've talked to Joe and Joe's attitude is, I can have on whoever I want. It's just a licensing deal. So he had he's had on Dr. Robert Malone. So if the issue really is misinformation or whatever, why would he tell Adam Kokesh that? But hey, 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 far be it from me to to claim that uh, Adam Kokesh is not telling the truth. Maybe this is some new change. Maybe something is going on. Maybe after all of the flack Joe's gotten, he's like outright, we got to pull things back a little bit. Look, The episode with Peter McCullough and Robert Malone basically sparked this whole thing, this ongoing smear campaign against Joe. Those episodes are still up. If he took those down, I'm sure the PR would be substantially worse. So maybe what's happened now is cancellation has worked. And now Joe is privately admitting to people like Adam Kokesh, sorry, bro, I can't have you on. So what does that mean the Joe Rogan experience will become? I don't know. I suppose the alternative is that Adam Kokesh is lying, but I've not known the guy to be a publicity stunt kind of guy. I've not known him to be someone who'd come out outright and lie like that. He's like a libertarian dude. And so I reached out to some people I know. I'm like, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Is it, could this be true? And the response from most people is like, Adam's not a liar, but I don't know the guy. I don't know the guy. And the claim seems fairly outrageous. But let me show you, and I can only tell you this. It's a claim 
from one person. How do you verify that? Ask Joe, I guess. Well, I don't know if that's going to be quite possible right now. He's probably getting slammed for comment. So all I can say is Adam Kokesh verified on Twitter has made this claim. He has one of the episodes that's been removed. And Kyle Kalinske is also insinuating that he was taken down as an act of censorship because of his criticism of Saudi Arabia. Let's read. TimGast.com reports Rumble publicly offers Joe Rogan $100 million for four-year censorship-free contract. The video streaming platform Rumble has publicly offered the contract. Okay, so yeah. Rogan signed a $100 million deal giving Spotify exclusive rights to the Joe Rogan experience in 2020. However, Spotify is facing increasing pressure to censor the popular podcast over Rogan's willingness to speak to guests with different perspectives about the pandemic. Though the company has said They will not pull the plug on the podcast. They've removed approximately 70 episodes from the library in recent days. So if you go to jremissing.com and type in new, do a search, control F, new exclamation point, you'll get 71 hits. Those, the the new tag appears on all of the episodes that were released, I'm sorry, that were deleted February 4th, all at once. If you scroll through, some of these are two-parters, so call it what you want. Launched in 2013, Rumble runs its own infrastructure. So the company says it's immune to cancel culture. Rumble went public through a deal with CF Acquisition Corp. VI with an initial enterprise value of $2.1 billion in December. In a letter to Rogan tweeted by the company, CEO Chris Pavlovsky urged Rogan to join Rumble. Rumble tweeted at 11.04 a.m. Hey, Joe Rogan, we are ready to fight alongside you. See this note from our CEO, Chris Pavlovsky. Dear Joe, We stand with you, your guests, and your legion of fans in desire for real conversation. So we'd like to offer you 100 million reasons to make the world a better place. How about you bring all your shows to Rumble, both old and new, with no censorship for 100 million bucks over four years? This is our chance to save the world. And yes, this is totally legit. Sincerely, Chris Pavlovsky. Here's an issue, though. According to the CEO of Spotify, it was Joe's decision to remove these episodes. Now, that, that to me doesn't ring true. I don't, I don't believe it. Sorry. Uh, it's what they said, sure. But the issue is all of the episodes came down on February 4th. Maybe. Okay, so maybe Joe, just on the 4th, he talked to them and said, hey, look, I'm going to take these episodes down. But hold on there a minute. We got this tweet from Kyle Kalinske. Uh, uh, Kyle Kalinske, Secular Talk, you may be familiar with his YouTube show, says, my 2018 Joe Rogan experience, uh, experience appearance was censored by Spotify. He didn't use any racial slurs in the episode. I railed against Saudi Arabia in it, and Spotify just happened to expand into the Saudi market at the exact time that coincides with the banning. And then he says, you know, in his follow-up tweet from the New York Post, Spotify, it expanded its paid podcast subscriptions in, in 33 more markets. And, and, uh, and enabled podcasts in Russia, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. Premium subscribers, which account for most of the company's revenue, rose to $180 million, beating analysts' expectations of $179.9 million. Think about that for a minute. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
What is Spotify generating in revenue then? Like half a billion dollars per month? More than that. That is absolutely insane. Now, is Kyle Kalinske wrong about this? He says Joe didn't use any slurs. So why was the episode pulled? Maybe Kyle is wrong. But we can only assume why these episodes were pulled. Because they've been pulled. Now, of course, I'm sure all of these are archived somewhere. So I I would strongly encourage this. Go into these episodes, watch through them, and see if in Kyle's episode, they have actually, uh, a Joe actually used a racial slur. Now, I want to point something else out, get a little bit more personal here. Uh, I'm trending on Twitter again. Ha ha. I don't know why. Whatever. Actually, I think it has something to do with uh, hosting Enrique Tario on Friday. I just don't care. Maybe they'll ban me. Whatever. I just don't care. I, uh, I'll tell you this. Joe, uh, there, there are certain concessions I feel like we have to make because there's hard lines. So talking about certain subjects, YouTube will outright ban you for, even if I'm critical of them. That's why we have TimCast.com. Become a member, support our work there if you want to make sure we can survive the wave of censorship that's coming. Many people have, I, I tweeted, hey, look, I'm trending again because I've been trending nonstop for basically like two months now, whatever. And people say, they're like, yo, you're next. They're going to ban you. Especially considering I'm, you know, I wouldn't call myself the most, um, there are certainly people who hold views I don't hold that are very anti-establishment, but I'm fairly anti-establishment. But the problem is being middle of the road, I, I follow all the rules. Now, there are some things I, I think we should be allowed to talk about on YouTube. They don't let us. So we set up TimCast.com. They're saying, many people are commenting on my tweet saying, they're coming for Joe, man. Once they get rid of him, it's Crowder, it's you, it's Jimmy Dore. It's probably Kyle Kalinske. They're going to come for all of you, unacceptable voices, because, you know, Joe basically provides that shield. Joe can have on Robert Malone in mainstream conversations they don't want mainstreamed. And then when we talk about it, you can't ban us. It's mainstream pop culture, right? So maybe they do want to come and ban me. And there's certainly been conversations I've had with other companies about licensing, about signing, about investment, about exclusivity. And I've said no to literally all of it. And maybe it's a bad move. Maybe they will ban me and then I'll be forced to go to these other companies. Whatever. I'll tell you this. When it comes to deleting episodes, I've got a whole bunch of episodes from way back when. I'm, I, I don't delete any of them. Now, I'll tell you this. There are some interesting things. Several videos that I've put out over the past several years are just gone. No joke. I don't know why. Seriously, don't know why. There's a period where I traveled to Davos, Switzerland, because outside of the World Economic Forum, there are peripheral events, meaning it's like it's not just the World Economic Forum. It's everybody trying to crowd around it and, you know, get in that inner circle and pitch their ideas. And I have friends who are down there doing crypto work, Bitcoin and stuff. I went there. And I interviewed a couple people and I did several videos. Those videos are just gone. Like there's like five days just missing from my library. I don't know why. I'm completely honest. Don't know why. There are several other videos. There's one I did about a, 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 a woman who was killed in Norway. And they think she may have been an Israeli spy. Gone outright. Fortunately, that one's still archived somewhere. But like, I, I really like that video. We put it on, fa- on, on YouTube and it's just gone. So it's possible censorship does come. Joe seems like the kind of guy who says to himself, I don't want to have these episodes up. So I think it's reasonable to assume he is the guy who took them down. 
They go on to mention uh, on teamcast.com, you know, save the world. We get it. And then whatever. They mention the Spotify CEO. They show Joe's video, or I should say we do. Quote, I don't just want to show the contrary opinion to what the narrative is. I want to show all kinds of opinions so we can figure out what is going on and not just about COVID, about everything, about health and fitness and wellness and the state of the world itself. You know, Joe, Joe seems like the kind of guy who said, this looks really bad for me. And he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's, who's trying to fight a war or anything like that. For me, I'll tell you what it's about. It's about what I believe in. It's about what I think and what I feel. And so I think I'm very different from Joe in that capacity. Joe's an MMA commentator. Joe's a comedian. Joe wasn't investing this money into fighting a cultural battle. It just so happens that views he holds tends to align more so with people who like freedom. But Joe is not here to fight a war. So he seems to be the kind of guy who's like, I don't want to get into a conflict with anybody. I'll just apologize for this because I shouldn't have done it. His views have changed. They've evolved on the matter. Now, that may be true. Or it may be this. Take a look at this tweet from Adam Kokesh. Let me pull up this one first. Adam Kokesh. Uh, let me show you what he says. You know, he's, he's like a, a show host. Banned by YouTube, censored by Joe Rogan and Spotify. Support Odyssey and Telegram is his bio. He's got 57,000 followers. He's verified. He says, Joe Rogan finally reached out to me to apologize for censoring my episode on his show in order to get that Spotify money. He said it was because my episode contained too much information. Fortunately, I ripped it before it was removed. I find that really hard to believe. I got to be honest. Knowing Joe, talking to him about these issues, I do not see this being, I just, I can't believe it. I don't know Adam Kokesh though. So if I had to take, you know, if I had to make an assessment, I'd be like, I know Joe, I've talked about this stuff. This doesn't sound like something Joe would say to be completely honest. It just, it just doesn't. It's possible, however, that Joe did talk to Adam and say something like, look, man, I had to take this deal. They didn't want some episodes. I'm sorry it happened. Okay, now that sounds reasonable. So the way Adam is framing it may be, you know, a bit more hurt, right? And saying he had too much misinformation. He may have said something like, look, that episode just had a whole bunch of stuff in it that was just not true, not correct. Spotify didn't want it for that reason. And so I decided, you know, making this move, I wasn't going to have it. That actually does sound like something Joe would say. He just wouldn't frame it this way, right? Adam responds, Joe Rogan said he would have me on his show again tomorrow if he could, but Spotify won't let him. Not sure what to think of this. Now that sounds just not true. Just not true. I don't know what to say. Far be it for me to claim Adam's lying, and I don't have any official comment or statements from Joe or anything like that. But it just sounds very strange to me that Joe would be like, dude, I'd have you on if I could, but they won't let me. I'll tell you what sounds more reasonable. Joe saying something like, Brooke, bro, I'd love to have you on, but we can't do it now because of everything that's happening. That sounds more reasonable. Could it be that Adam is just kind of framing this in a way because he's, you know, angry about his episode being censored? Honestly, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. It's going to be up to you to believe what you want to believe. These are, these are prominent individuals here. Yeah, you, hey, look, you can see down here, Tim Pool is trending. Ha ha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me show you where this all goes. From the Toronto Star. Joe Rogan shows the state must step in to control falsehoods on Spotify and elsewhere. So where we're heading, my friends, the Ministry of Truth. Did you know that the U.S. had an office of censorship during World War II? Their um, slogan was, silence accelerates victory. That, to me, is quite incredible. An incredible slogan. Censorship isn't all bad. No, 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 hear me out. 
Censorship is when someone intervenes to remove some kind of content or information. Now, when it's political censorship, typically it is bad. Censorship in general can be good. If someone posted my information, my address and my private information, my social security number or something, I would prefer it if that kind of information was censored from the public because not everything is for public consumption. It can cause real harm. Now, there's oftentimes where censorship is outside of personal issues overtly good as well. If the content is illegal, now hold on there a minute. Therein lies the big challenge. What determines whether or not content is illegal? And if we tolerate the censorship of, of things we, that, that are deemed by the state to be illegal, then aren't we saying the exact same thing the Toronto Star is? And that's what you need to understand. When the Toronto Star comes out and says the state must step in to control falsehoods, now that is a line I think we never cross. The state is not the arbiter of truth and morality. But what about when the state deems something to be criminal in the content of itself? There's a lot of content I think you, I, and basically everybody else would agree should not be allowed on platforms, should not be allowed to be produced or shared, content involving children or violence. We agree on that. But therein lies the challenge. As much as we all agree, you must then recognize that the state does have the right, or at least we deem it so, to restrict certain types of images, information, or videos. The reality is that life is nuanced, not black and white. You can't come out and say the government should never be in the business of censorship. Now, I completely disagree with that. I believe the government should prohibit the, dis the displaying and production and sharing of certain types of content, particularly involving children, if you know what I mean. I am 100% behind that. But the government exploits this line by then saying, but if you're for government censorship, no, 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 no. Hold on there, mister. Yo, there are certain things that are beyond reproach. There are certain things that are demonic and pure evil. Violence, murder, things involving kids. You get the point. Now, falsehoods? Just because we agree some stuff is, is pure evil doesn't mean we think the government should have a right to say what is true or not true. Now, that's totally different. But I think it's important people to realize government censors. And government should. It's just where the line is, is the conversation we're having. The left wants to push it forward and say, Ministry of Truth. I say just certain content that, you know, <laughs> you get the point. You know what I mean? But this is where we're moving. Because, because episodes with like Kyle Kalinske, Adam Kokesh are censored. The caving continues. You know, I, I don't think Joe Rogan will take this rumble deal to be, be completely honest. Based on what I've read, I think it's a bad deal for Joe. I don't know the length of Joe Rogan's Spotify deal, but there's a bunch of rumors. Some of the rumors are it wasn't just cash, it was shares. And that as soon as he took the deal, shares in Spotify exploded. So why is it then that Joe Rogan could be pulling down episodes of his own show to make the shares go back up because he has some? I don't know if he does have any. $100 million. Could it be $50 million in cash plus 50 million shares? Could it be 20 million in cash plus 80 million in shares? It really could. And then they say, look, we're going to give you 80 million in shares, but you do this deal, it's going to jump 20% right away. The stock is going to skyrocket. And it did. And so if Joe did get shares, and let's say he took an all shares deal, $100 million in Spotify shares, knowing Spotify was growing, and then it jumps 20%, dude just made, a, made an extra 20, 20 mil off the top. He could sell some of that, live pretty well for a long time. 
But I don't know. You know, people need to understand this. And I'll give you, I'll give you a, an example I can actually speak to. My contract with Fusion, I think, was probably like a $5 million contract. And I would love to come out and be like, I got paid a $5 million contract from Disney. And that's technically the truth. The reality was they paid me $250,000 per year. And it was like, two, it was just shy of $200,000 up front. That was the cash. Then as part of that contract, there's a bunch of other stuff like budgeting, hiring. So the value of the contract carved out a huge chunk of money over two years for me. And it was, it was probably like three to five million. I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers. So if I was doing a business deal, and this is how, this is how it works. This is how all the business works. I'd go, to a, I'd go to a company and be like, I just got offered a $5 million deal, $5 million contract with you know Disney. And I would say something to that effect because it sounds prestigious. And if I said fusion, they'd be like, oh, okay. But you want to really pump it up, right? And then say, what can you offer me? And you try and use that as a negotiating tactic to get more money. But if you're actually to break it down, it's like, I got paid a quarter million. I got paid 250 a year. So it was 500,000 in cash plus about 200 up front. So the total compensation I ended up receiving was 700 guaranteed by the contract plus bonuses. So I ended up getting about 750K. And this is well before I did anything on YouTube independently just from that deal with, uh, with Fusion. On top of that, I, I was able to hire multiple producers and multiple staff members with six-figure salaries, plus, like, I think it was like 600, uh, it was like 600 over the span of the contract for production, and, and plus, like, another 50 in discretionary budget. So it was, you know, you add it all up, and I think it might have been like three, maybe it was three and a half or something million dollars. That's how it works. For all we know, the deal Joe Rogan has is they're like, We'll give you 10 million in cash up front. We'll give you 10 million a year over two years. We'll give you 10 million in options that vest after two years. We'll give you 50 million in rights or something like that. Like you don't, you don't have no idea. And then the Wall Street Journal comes out and says 100 million. Well, let's take a look at what's going on with what Rumble offered. Rumble offered 100 million over four years, which is 25 million in cash every year for four years. That's the, that's the real deal. Rumble does have this. If you look at their recent uh, uh, dealings with um, it's CV, it's what is it? What is it? Uh, um, CPVI or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember the CVLI or something. They're, they're, they're doing a special purpose acquisition company, which is going to be valued at like $2.1 billion, And they're, they're estimated to net $400 million in cash for the, the operation of Rumble. My understanding is that Rumble has a large portion of that set aside specifically for content acquisition. Which means they're serious. They, they are serious about getting Joe this money. That deal could be better than what Joe has with, the Wall Street, with, with Spotify. But if Spotify gave Joe shares, Joe will never take it. And I got to be honest. I'll say this to Rumble. Guys, Rumble, you should be offering Joe Rogan $100 million for one year. One year right now. Joe's not going to breach his contract because then he'd be on the hook. So... You know, I don't think he'll end up taking the deal anyway. Rumble needs to recognize then, unless they're willing to compensate Joe beyond the cost of breaching a contract and then some, you would never take the deal. So perhaps it's fair to say it's mostly a publicity stunt. I say mostly because I believe Rumble really would offer up Joe the money if Joe was able to break that contract with Spotify. I'll tell you this. Imagine how insane it would be if like in a few hours, Joe tweets I'm leaving Spotify for Rumble and I'll take their $100 million. That would be insane. Rumble would explode 
Joe's viewership would increase. Why? Spotify technically is not that small of a platform. I mean, it's very, 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 very large of a platform. But people want to watch Joe Rogan's show. He's got natural pull. Rumble has a decently sized audience, nowhere near as big as Spotify, to be honest. But I don't know if Spotify is, is, is netting Joe the viewership. I think Joe's bringing the viewers to Spotify. I don't know in the end, man. I really don't know. If Adam Kokesh is telling the truth, this is, it's bold. It is bold. And therein lies the big problem. Joe's issued an apology, but he's not addressed this stuff. I have reached out for formal comment. I have not received one. And, you know, it is what it is. Joe doesn't owe me anything. He's done, he's done tremendous. Uh, he's helped me out tremendously. He's given, you know, he's helped me out with uh, even outside of COVID, like health advice. And he's, he's a really, really good guy, you know, so I, I, I really do wish for him the best. I just hope he understands he's the most prominent and important political figure or cultural icon right now, whether he wants to acknowledge it or not. I should say cultural figure. You know, obviously Joe Biden is very important, but I think, I think Joe's just that influential that we got to address these issues. But I'll say this one last thing. If you don't tell your story, someone else will tell it for you. So with Adam Kokesh coming out and the story getting bigger and bigger, people are going to start saying things and they're going to craft the narrative around Joe instead of Joe addressing it. And that may be exactly why he apologized to, to assert a narrative. The issue, I, 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 I still think ultimately it's going to backfire. It's going to get worse for him. And I, I hate to say it, but it's just reality, man. Now more stories are popping up. Leftists are saying Joe Rogan admits to being racist and things like that. That's the tactic that that's, that's they wanted. And they're going to use this to go after companies' ESG, ESG score. It's like uh, ESG scores. But we'll see, man. We will. We will. Kyle Kalinske is saying it wasn't about racial slurs. And if that's true, then Joe didn't delete his episodes. Maybe Joe's got a big fat contract he wants to keep, and he's just going to keep it hush-hush and let Spotify say what they want. I don't know, man. This doesn't sound like FU money. Sounds like being under a corporate boot. Or maybe Joe's just like, dude, I'm happy with what I'm doing and no one else can tell me what to do and he's going to do what he wants. No idea. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. At least for now, we'll see how this plays out over the next year. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.